0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Ditton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Good morning, amen. Get your Bibles open to the book of Titus, New Testament, if you're taking notes. I want to preach something this morning that I haven't preached for a while. This is a great discipleship message. Our vision is to reach, teach, and send, as you see over there. We've got churches all around the world. We've got new churches that are starting right now. Uh, I want to let you know, uh, Pastor Jose and Marcel are probably watching from Costa Rica this morning, that they went and got the keys to the building yesterday. Amen. And any time the next couple weeks, they're going to start their first service. Amen. And so God's moving down there in Costa Rica as he is in Arusha, Tanzania, as he is over in Czech Republic, as he is down in Mexico, in El Salvador, and and all over the world this morning. They're having church just like we are. And we're teaching people how to become disciples, learning what the Bible says about our lives. And I really believe this morning's message is going to help you a lot because it's a subject that took me a long time to understand, and I believe a lot of Christians uh, struggle with it. It's called justification and sanctification. Those are kind of big words, and they might seem overwhelming, but there are certain things that we believe in in the Bible that are called fundamental truths. The Lord. The more you study, if you went to Bible school or or you went to seminary, I mean seminary. Amen. We call it the cemetery because that's where Christians go to die. Amen. Just just kidding, but kind of true at the same time. If you went to any of those and you learned, it's, there's things called uh, theological fundamental truths. And, and we have about 16 or so that, you know, like baptism in water, communion, faith in Jesus Christ. There's a, there's a bunch, but this is this is one of them. Sanctification and justification is fundamental to our faith. So if you don't know what that means, then you're in the right place. If you kind of know what it means, then you're going to know more. And if you know what it means, this will affirm what you believe. Let's pick up in Titus chapter three. We're going to see some verses that's going to really break down the gospel for us. It says in verse one, remind them to be subject. Right before I read this, sorry, just for one quick stop. Don't forget that when we read the Bible, these verses that we're reading was talking to a church just like us two thousand years ago. Okay, just like us, it was a it was a place. There was people gathered. There was someone preaching to them. And so we're putting ourselves in that same place. They've always had the same problems. They've always had the same solution. Jesus has always been the answer. Amen. And we're just now doing the same thing thousands of years later. And so look at it that way. So remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities. To obey. To be ready for every good work. To speak evil of no one. To be peaceable and gentle showing all humility to all men now this is the key here verse 3 for we ourselves were can you just shout out that word were that is a very very important word that a lot of christians don't understand too many christians today too many believers in jesus christ are still living in the were god does not want us to live in the were We were sinners. We were a mistake. We were messed up. We were drug addicts. We were alcoholics. That's past tense. We're not those things anymore. It says we were ourselves once foolish, disobedient, deceived. How many know we were all deceived at one point? Serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy hateful, and hating one another. But, say but, when the kindness of the love of God, our Savior, appeared, this is why I can stay happy. Because I was lost, and now I'm found. I was blind, and now I see. I, I needed Jesus, and because of his kindness, he came down and showed his love towards me, that while I was still a sinner, he died for me. The ungodly. Is anybody else thankful that he died for you, the ungodly? Tell the person next to you when he mentions the ungodly, he's talking about you. That's your moment to give that nudge to your spouse or to your child. Amen. Did you hear that? He's talking about you, ungodly. But I learned many years ago that when you point at somebody, you got three fingers pointing back at you. Amen. So we're all in this place this morning, ungodly. Okay, We were ungodly. God is taking us someplace this morning. And that's what justification and sanctification is about. So it says, but not by works of righteousness. Now this is where people begin to get really confused in the Bible. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. Many, many churches, many religions around the world today believe they're saved because of the good things they do. They believe that. They believe if they do enough good things, they'll be good enough in God's eyes. All through the scripture, the Bible tells us that's not the case. I'm going to show you that this morning too. I'm going to have a couple of illustrations that I hope will help you. But it says, not by works of righteousness. Now that doesn't mean we don't do works of righteousness. That doesn't mean we shouldn't do good things. But many many believers do good things so that God will love them more. And the crazy thing we can't understand is God loves us already. He can't love us anymore. He loved us so much that he gave his only son that would come down on on this earth and die for us. So his love is everlasting. His love is he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us that's a love that never changes and so no matter what I do He loves us and here's the crazy thing He loves us as much as He loves the people who are already in hell and that's crazy to think about His love is a love we don't understand but He's saying here it's not our righteousness it's His what? mercy mercy is me not getting what I deserve which is all of us deserve death according to the Bible it says says He saved us by mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewing. Renewing is over and over again of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's working us. Whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That having been, here we go, having been justified by his grace. So we see grace and mercy. We should become, and again, here's another verse that should make us happy. We are heirs, meaning we're going to inherit everything that God has. You you might think, man, I sure wish I was related to Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or some one of those rich man, I wish I was a akin to them so I could get an inheritance. Listen, they have nothing compared to the inheritance that we have in God this morning. Amen? The God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. They don't have their money is it would be trash for, for, for the fire in God's, in, God's, in God's riches. Okay, so we're not looking for that. It says we've been justified by his grace so we can become heirs according to the hope. Because here's the thing, Elon Musk can't, he can buy Twitter, but he can't buy eternal life. Jeff Bezos can own every truck in the world and every package that moves around the world, but he can't buy eternal life. So we are heirs this morning. Watch this. By nothing we've done to eternal life. By nothing we've done. Okay, and watch this last verse. This is a faithful saying. And these things, he says, I want to affirm constantly to you that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Father, for just a few minutes, arrest our minds, open our hearts, open our spirits. Put the words in my heart, out of my mouth so that people can get this and it makes sense to them and it grows them and it helps them. And devil, you're defeated. The blood of Jesus is against you. Every spirit of darkness, every spirit of wickedness cannot and will not be able to do anything to hinder your word from going forward, God. And I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said? Listen to what justification is. It's an act of God, okay? So... We are accepting something we cannot do in our own power. It's an act of God by which those who are unrighteous. Let me see the unrighteous in here this morning. Raise your hand if you are unrighteous. Okay, I'm just going to wait until everybody in here participates. Maybe you're taking notes. Okay, because if you're not raising your hand, you're the most unrighteous. Still waiting. If you're unrighteous in here, raise your hand. Look around to people around you if they're not raising their hand. Say, hey, are are you're not unrighteous? Still waiting. Raise your hand if you are unrighteous in this place. All right. Now we're all in the same boat. Those who are unrighteous in themselves are nevertheless declared righteous by God. So people tell us, you're not righteous. You're not good enough. You're a bad person. And God says, no, they're not. Right now, I want you to begin to start thinking and listening to God more than people. Because there's a lot of things people say about us. And we need to listen to what God says about us. So justification is the world saying you're unrighteous in yourself. And God says, I'm going to call you righteous even in your sinning state. That verse we read last week, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, or in other words, the unrighteous. He didn't wait for us to get cleaned up. He said, I'm going to die for you like you are. Is anybody thankful for that this morning? He didn't wait for us to get to a place that we couldn't even get to. He said, I'm going to die for you in your worst place, your worst moment. If you, think, if you could think back, I don't want you to do this this morning. But if you were to think back and think of the worst thing you've ever done, I had somebody come up to me after service and and confess to me that they did something many, many, many years ago. And he said this message really helped them because they did something many, many years ago. It was a violent act. They didn't tell me all the details. It was just me and him. And he said he still feels bad for it today. But he said this message helped him so much. But if you were to go back and think of the worst thing that you ever did, at that worst moment in your life, that's when Jesus died for you. Not in your best moment. He didn't wait for you to get to a place where you deserved it. He went to that place of your worst unrighteous act. And he said, that's where I'm going to die for you. Because that's the kind of God I am. Justification, listen to this, is the deliverance from the penalty of sin. And and all of our past actions. And it was accomplished on that cross. So you with me so far? Justification is being in the right state with God without being in the right state with God. Meaning we can't do anything to be there, but he says, I make you righteous. And how many know God's got the last word? If God says you're righteous, why are you listening to people who tell you you're not? Can I say that again? If God says you're righteous, why are you listening to people who, can't, who don't have any power over your life? God has the ultimate authority. And in his word here, we see that justification is God making us righteous. Here's the verse, Romans 5, watch this. Verse 18, one of the most simple verses in the Bible. I don't know about you, but I like simple. I like when it's like, okay, got that. Therefore, here's what happens. As one man's offense, one man's mistake... That was Adam, although it was Adam and Eve, and I'll just throw in there that Eve was first, but we're not going to talk about that this morning. Amen? Guys always got to take the responsibility for the family. Amen? Hello? Just kidding. As through one man's offense, judgment came to how many men? Everybody. Adam messed up. Everybody's got spiritual COVID. Resulting in condemnation. Even so, here's the math equation. Through one man's righteous act, Jesus on the cross, the free gift came to all men. Okay, one man messed us all up. One man came down, God, in the flesh and saved us all. That's pretty easy math, amen? When I got to the place where they started talking about calculus, the word alone got me. I don't know about anybody else. Maybe you're good in math. I'm not good at math, but I know what one Minus one means. One man messed us up, one man took it away. Okay? And then it says, resulting in justification of life. So this morning God is saying, no matter what you've done, I've made you righteous. How many are here so far? Now let's look at another verse that confirms this. And I'm going to give you an illustration in a second that I think will help. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There's a lot of verses I could have chosen, but I like this one. I think it makes it real simple. And such were, there it is again, such were some of you. What what, what we need to do, take that verse down for one second, because I need to clarify something I I did in the first service. I want us to know where we're going with this, with justification and sanctification. What this means is, God's over there, and I can't reach God. The Bible says that there's a, is, is chasm a good word? That's a big, huge, um... Yeah, place. Uh, I, I can't ever think of another word. Canyon, but even gra- yeah, even greater than a canyon. When you, bigger than the Grand Canyon. It's so big you could never ever get over there, and God's over there, and I, as a sinner, am way over here, and I can't get to God. But when I get saved, now God closes the gap, and I am able to now. Reach towards God's perfection. That's what sanctification is. Okay, so I wanna, I wanna um, have somebody play the. Who likes the? Who who is he in here again? I don't see him in this time. So we we'll get you somebody else. Um, who who wants to? Nicholas? Yeah, come up here. I see you. I see you pointing at her. So I got you. You go over there by that pole, and you get to be the bad guy in the movie. Okay. Yep. Here you go. Learn the lesson. Don't ever point at your wife when the pastor is about to call somebody. So you are going to be Hitler, Adolf Hitler. Okay, that's the villain, tough villain. And I need someone else. Let's see here. Brian, you knew I was going to choose. I could just tell the way you were looking at me. Brian, you're going to be Jesus. This is Brian's moment, big moment, to be Jesus. Now, one of the reasons I chose Brian is we we did a judgment play for many years, and he was was the closest thing in our play. He was the angel of the Lord. So he's got that voice. And then now we're going to call up Paul Platt, who played God in our play. He had the voice. But he's not going to play uh, God today. You're going to be Paul the Apostle. Cause I'm just gonna say something about this man, and he did not pay me, right? Did you not pay me to say this. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> hey, I like that. We go to lunch. Honest, honest to God, he's been on my council since we started this church. He is. He is. I, I'm not trying to embarrass you, and I know you're not perfect, of course. But he is a man that I think is as close to perfect as can be, as when as I've watched his life. I know he's not perfect. Amen. But he's such a godly man, so I'm going to use him as Paul the Apostle, okay? Because I think Paul the Apostle was like the greatest example in the Bible of perfection, right? Trying to be blameless. So in our lives, church, whether you know it or not, we are trying to be like Jesus. But it's it's kind of a catch-22 because we know we can't ever be like Jesus. Yet God wants us to try to be like Jesus. Paul said, imitate me. As I imitate Christ. So as good of a person as Paul is. I've known him a long time. And again. He's not perfect. But he's honest. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of character. I believe Paul was that same way too. He set himself apart. Didn't even have a wife. Didn't have kids. Even though he's such a great person. You have to go over there and stand by Hitler. Because without Jesus. That's where we are. Hitler and us are equally lost. We might have just stole a piece of bubble gum, or we might have been the best person that the world would say, man, that guy's almost perfect. We're still equal with Hitler. But then what happens is we get a position in justification. Paul now Gives his life to Jesus Christ and believes on Jesus and says, I believe Jesus is the Lord of my life. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And he becomes justified. Okay, this is very important. He becomes justified by God, according to that verse, and now he is made righteous. Okay, now in the end, if we were to fast forward to the end of the movie, Paul would be over there with Jesus. Are you following me? Because part of our sanctification is ultimately we will be sanctified in a way that we will be perfect like Jesus, but it's when we'll have a glorified body. When we're no longer in this flesh. But as long as we're in this flesh, even though we are righteous with God, we are so far away from Jesus. We have to understand that that's our position. There's no way we could ever, ever, as I said, Jesus died for you in your worst time. Now think about your best day. Think about the day you woke up early and went straight into prayer. And you fasted that day. And you didn't watch any TV and you didn't look at your phone. and You, didn't, you just prayed and worshipped and loved God all day. Maybe you did it for three days. Maybe you did it for a week. We did, we've done several 21-day fasts in our church. Think about that day where you're like, man, that day I was connected with God. You're still universe is away from jesus does that make sense even in your holiest day your righteousness is still filthy rags that's what the bible says without jesus but there will be a day when you will be with jesus and you it's called glorification and you'll be in your glorified body and we will the bible says that verse said we will be heirs with jesus co-heirs with jesus but Now, back to life, back to the flesh, Paul's over there. As good of a person he is. And you know why I know this is true? Because Paul the apostle said, I am the chief of all sinners. Paul the apostle, in his own words, I am the chief of all sinners. So he himself knew he was was not worth anything. But here's what God calls us to do in sanctification. Sanctification. Now, sanctification is me setting myself apart. That's what sanctification means, to be set apart, okay? Put that verse back up for just one second. As such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, past tense, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, if we take off in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God, none of us can be justified and none of us can be sanctified. We're only justified because of our faith in Jesus. The Bible says there is no one holy, not one. There's not one good person. Jesus said that himself. When he was on the earth in a physical body, he said there's nobody good but the Father. Okay, but it says, now God says, because you believe in me, I'll make you a co-heir and you are, you're, you're sanctified and you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so sanctification means this. If you're taking notes and you don't know this, what does sanctification mean? It means set apart. Set apart. And to add on to that, set apart for a special purpose. Okay, and so now Paul and has been for... Twenty something years. How many? How many years you've been saved? Twenty six or seven years. He has been now trying every day to get closer to Jesus. Okay, it's, it's not that fast of a walk, but right. And and then and then you make some kind of mistake and back to the beginning again. Okay, but the the idea is. That, that I'm trying every day to do something that I can't do in my own flesh, but I'm trying because I want to be close to Jesus in my physical body. Okay? Thank you, guys. I just wanted you to visually see how far away <clears throat> God and Jesus is from us, and even a good person like Paul, how far away he is, and he'll never in this physical body, hopefully you're following me on that, ever get to Jesus in this physical body. On this earth, no matter how much we fast, no matter how much we pray, we'll never be able to attain sinless life. Okay? But God says we can be holy. God says we can be blameless. God says we're righteous. So those are the things that we have to do. That's where it now comes on us as believers. And we can't do anything to be saved, but we can do a lot to be sanctified. And your sanctification is a process, and this is important. Every single one of us in here today are at a different place in our sanctification. Okay? Did you get that? All of us are in this, if we believe in Jesus, and there may be some here that don't, maybe you're not saved yet, you're going to have a chance to give your life to the Lord today, we always give that opportunity. But if you're saved and you believe in Jesus, we are all equally justified. But we are not all equally sanctified. Because sanctification is personal. It's it's how serious you take your separation to God. Okay? And I said this at the altar call in the first service, but I'm going to say it now because I might not be reminded by the Holy Spirit later. I'm thinking of it now. Don't base your sanctification, which is your separation unto God, on somebody else's. Don't look at, at somebody else's life And say, well, they do that, I can do that. Because what is a sin for me might not be a sin for somebody else, or I might have something in my life that's not even a sin, but God doesn't want me to do it because it affects my sanctification. It affects my anointing. Does anybody in here want to be greatly used by God? We believe we're vessels. So our sanctification has to do with, sometimes we say, Paul said it like this. He says, not all things are, are wrong, but, some, but they're uh, profitable. Not, not all things are, I'm saying that wrong, permissible. All things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. So basically, that means there may be things you can do that are not sinful or not going to make God mad at you, but they're not profiting you in your advancement in the kingdom of God. Okay, So the more you separate, your that's why con, that's our salvation experience is personal, and how much God uses us is personal. Because the more I set myself apart, I don't have to tell people I'm praying and fasting. I don't have to tell my right hand what my left hand is doing, because I'm not doing it for an applause. I'm not doing it for people to say, good job. I'm doing it because I love Jesus. Are you following me? So all of our sanctification is in different places. But all of us have the same goal, to imitate Christ and to be like Christ and to follow somebody. Now, here's what I said in the altar called the first service. If somebody around you is doing something that causes you to want to live for Jesus more, then, then Im- imitate that. What I was saying is if, if someone's lowering their convictions around you, don't lower your convictions around, around you. Keep your standards high. Because you're always going to find somebody in your life that's a Christian, that will tell you that what you shouldn't do is okay. Can I say that again? You're always going to find somebody in your life who says they're a Christian, who is doing something you shouldn't do, and you do it because you you see them do it, and and that's that's not what God is asking us to do. Jesus is our example, and we're supposed to follow Jesus. Okay? So, here's something to think about. Justification happens When God declares a guilty sinner to be righteous. So again, unrighteous to be righteous. That's all of us. Sanctification happens when God makes that believing sinner righteous. Justification is a one-time act. It said one time Adam messed up, one time Jesus died on the cross. One for one. But sanctification is a continual process. I am sanctifying myself every single day. You are sanctifying yourself every single day. If you've made a mistake, if you've uh, done something that wasn't wasn't, uh, holy unto God, again, repent and go back and fix it. Start over and say I'm sorry and then let it be in the past. Okay? Watch this. Justification releases us from the penalty of sin. Okay, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So justification, God says, I'll release you from that. As a judge says, I'm not going to hold your sin against you. Is anybody thankful for that? But sanctification, watch this, releases us from the power of sin. Do you see the difference between penalty and power? The penalty causes us to be lost. He says, I'm not going to hold that against you. But sanctification, as I sanctify myself and set myself apart and I have convictions and I make decisions, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. And church, that goes as far as not only talking about drugs or alcohol or the big sins. That goes about being mean to somebody or hating somebody or gossiping about somebody or having a wrong attitude or any of those things. Jealousy, those things are, are things that you have to deal with. That your flesh might have a reason. And you say, I'm not doing that because I'm not going to affect my sanctification. I'm not going to, f- we got to get shirts made. Don't mess with my sanctification. Yeah, like Amen. We got people that can make them. Carla showed me something the other day about, you got, what was it? About Jesus turning the tables? I'm about to flip tables like Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Don't make me flip tables. So, sanctification releases us from the power of sin. So, there's a positional sanctification, meaning as soon as we get saved, God says, You're righteous now. Then, the progressive sanctification is where we're at right now, every day. My life saying no to sin, yes to Jesus, no to when the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes, I obey. That's daily, till we die. And then, the ultimate sanctification is called glorification when we're with Jesus. We don't have to fight temptation anymore. Is anybody looking forward to that day? We don't have to go to work anymore. We don't have to cry anymore. We don't have to have tears anymore. We don't have to have pain anymore. That's what we're looking forward to. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. But we're not there. I would love to be there right now. I don't know about you. But I long for for that. And this really ties this together. And I didn't say this in the first service. But I'm thinking about it right now. Your sanctification has everything to do with your love for this world. If you love this world too much, you're not in the right place of sanctification. Because the more you love this world, the less holy you'll be. Because you'll be like the world. When you get to a place where this world has nothing for you, you sanctify yourself and set yourself apart. The Bible says we're just passing through. Now, that doesn't mean we go up and live on a mountain and grow our hair out and don't talk to anybody. and don't. We have to live in this life. We have to go to work. We have to deal with people. We have to be a light to people. Amen. But we don't have to be like people. Like I said last week, we have to be the influencer, not the influenced. Now, I'm going to close with an example that I think will help you. I'm to my two handsome um, guys to come up and help me with this. Just one more, one more illustration that I think will help uh, to kind of visualize this. So Braden's going to be on my left. This doesn't mean anything against Braden or, or Eric. But Braden's on my left, and you always want to be right with God. The Bible actually talks about that. In the end, he'll separate the goats on the left and the sheep on the right. And just so you know, you want to be a sheep. You might like goats better. But you want to be a sheep, okay? We're all sheep, and Paul would actually say we're all dumb sheep, right So this is a picture, I think, as as uh, Braden's going to give me this first one, dirty. Just pin that on me. This is a picture of of us in the world. Even now saved, okay, I I believe in Jesus, and I've put my faith in Jesus, but I still feel dirty. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I believe there's people in this place that still feel dirty because of your sins, because of your sin life. You are trying your best to believe in this whole justification and sanctification thing. God has made me holy. God's made me right, but you still feel dirty. You still feel dirty for things that you did a long time ago and you want to serve God but that that thing's hanging on you. And it's there all the time. Okay? And here's another one that hangs on you. Being broken. There's a lot of broken people in here. You went through horrible relationships, you were in horrible families, you've been through horrible situations, and now as a believer, even though God has said you're you're righteous, you're still broken. Why are you still broken? If Jesus says that you're not, why are you still feeling dirty if Jesus says you're forgiven? Okay, but this is, a, this is a picture, and this is tied to something. These things are tied to something, okay? And then one more I thought of, and this is just three because I only have an arm so long for one and so many clips, but <laughs> there's obviously lots more words, but here's another one, unworthy. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. This is one I think all of us struggle with. If you didn't struggle with the other two, I'm not worthy. And there's a good side to that, a humility side to that. Like, I'm not worthy. We're not. But you're not supposed to feel unworthy. Because we're listening too much to what, what the world says. Okay? So as I get saved, this is, this is going to look crazy. But the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 4 that we're going to be given a crown of righteousness. Okay, and First Peter two nine says we are a royal priesthood, a chosen, holy nation, a chosen generation. Okay, so this this mace, and I think that if we looked in the mirror and saw a crown, a lot of us would be like, "You're too dirty for that." Jesus is putting a crown on us because the Bible says we're co-heirs with Him. How many know He's the King? We're co-heirs. He's put a crown on us, but we still say, I'm too dirty for a crown. I'm too broken for a crown. I'm definitely not worthy to put on a crown. And this is where a lot of Christians are right now. We believe that we've got the crown. We believe we're co-heirs. We believe we're saved. We love Jesus. But why are we still allowing this to hang on to our lives? I'm going to tell you why. Because we listen to people too much. Let me ask you a question. Does God say you're dirty? Does God tell you to be broken? Does God say you're unworthy? Then who's telling you that? People. Not just the world. People. Sometimes your own family. Sometimes your own family members. I know a lot of people, you get saved and, man, your family's the worst critic. Family members that don't, that don't get it or, or don't think you can change, they think you, you're, you're just, this is some phase. Anybody ever told you that? You're just in a phase right now. Well, my best friend in high school told me that. You've heard me say that. When I left basketball, he's my biggest cheerleader, he, and I said, I'm going to leave basketball and preach the gospel. He said, this is just a phase. You're stupid. You're, you're, you're risking all your goals your entire life. This is just a phase. Well, here I am 30 years later in my phase. It's been a 30-year phase. Amen. And I'm not going to get out of it. And the sad thing is, I've shown some people some pictures. It's sad. God would love to know that he was watching today. He looks like death warmed over, my friend from high school. He looks like a dead man. He's my age. He looks like he's about 70 years old, strung out on drugs. Look what phase he's in. He's in a phase two. But, But back to us, this is how a lot of us live. And so we have to make the decision, I'm going to sanctify myself. I'm going to take these things off. But, first of all, that's a process. So I need to start believing more what God says. God says, I say I'm clean, dirty, and God says, no, you're clean. So God puts that on me. Thank you. The world tells me I'm broken. God says you're whole. I feel like I'm not worthy, and God says, you're worthy of my blood. And how many know Jesus will go back to the cross and do it again, just for us? So now we got people on my right, people on my left. Maybe, maybe, they can't see that one. Just flip that around if you can. You're doing great, Eric. (laughs) Thank you. Now pull those strings. This is our life. We've got people, always people pulling on us. Who are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to one on the left. You're going to listen to one on the right. You gotta get, So now, now I'm back to Paul Platt over there, heading towards Jesus. And every day I have to choose to let these things go and, and to cut these things off. Okay? So take those off. I'm not dirty. I'm not broken. And I'm not unworthy. I'm going to cut these people off who are making me feel that way because it's not God. I'm going to cut off the voices that are making me feel that way. And I'm going to tell dirtiness and unworthiness and brokenness to go to hell where you belong. Not Braden, amen? I love Braden. But those things got to go to hell. Go back to hell where you belong from, where you came from. You know what? We got to tell those things go back to hell where you came from. Tell those foul spirits, tell those demonic spirits, tell that addiction, tell all those things to go. And then connect yourself with people who are going to tell you you're clean. You're worthy. Amen. You're whole. Amen. Thank you. Let's give these guys another hand. Thank you, Eric. I want to keep it. Can I keep it? Thank you. You took it from me in the first one. I was like, man, I want to keep that. But how would we, as the musicians come, how how would we live our lives different if we could picture ourselves like this? A bunch of years ago, Carla might remember, I don't remember which daughter it was with, I did an illustrated sermon with one of my daughters, and it was about beauty for ashes. I'd be good to do that one again. And she came in, do you remember which one it was? It was Destiny? Destiny at the old building? She came in with her hair all ratted up, and she was all dirty, and, and uh, it gets me kind of teared up thinking about it. It's all grown up and mommy now. Amen. But she came down crawling down in these raggedy clothes and she was all dirty. And I preached this message and I I cleaned her up and I combed her hair, put a pretty dress on her. That's what God does to us when he saves us. And he wants us to realize this is what we look like in his eyes. But we don't look like this in the world's eyes. Because the world still sees our past. People here that you know, a lot of people in this city that know your past, they're never going to see you like this. They're always going to see you like the person that you were. But who cares what they think? Who cares what they say? What would happen? How would we live if we started looking in the mirror and seeing ourselves crowned with righteousness? That I'm a child of God. That I'm a co-heir with Jesus Christ. And then if I think this way and I look at myself in the mirror and I see what God has put on me, it will make me think twice about doing something that I shouldn't do. Or, or going someplace I shouldn't go. Or saying something I shouldn't say. Or treating somebody in a certain way. I mean, amen? amen? Last verse. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14. As obedient children. How many want to be obedient? Here we go again. Not conforming yourselves to the former lusts. As in your ignorance. Church, we did things in our past because we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know we were sinners. We didn't, How many know people don't know they're sinners until, until, the, until the light shows them? That verse says, bringing them out of darkness into light. Opening their eyes, taking them from the power of Satan to the power of God. And now some of you, how many, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but some of you even gotten saved in the last few weeks, last few months. All of a sudden your eyes opened. You were like... That's how lost I was. And then you start getting around some of your old your friends you were hanging out with. And you start watching how they act. And you're like, that's how I acted? And it's amazing to us. But people are blinded. And that's why that old beautiful song says, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace. Amen? But, verse 15 As he who called you is holy in all your conduct, be holy. Be holy in all your conduct. How many know that has nothing to do with God? In his justification, he made us perfect. But for us to be holy, he says, in your conduct. He he doesn't control what we do. We do. So we say no to those things. We separate ourselves from those things. I take the attitude on everything, that if there's a possibility this could be wrong, I'm not touching it. Because I think there's a lot of Christians who do the other way. They're like, let me see what I can get away with. Let me see what I can play with. Let me see what I can mess around with, and maybe that snake won't bite me. But I'm like, if it's if it's even a thought that that could be wrong, I'm staying away from it, because I don't want to take a chance. I was watching Uh, looking last night, and I've I've done my very best to totally get off Facebook, just just such a waste of time, but we have it for the church, and we have to have it, my, my account's actually tied to the church one, so I could never really get rid of mine, but I was looking for something, real quick, and I just happened, I probably was the Holy Spirit, just happened to see, sadly, someone who went to our, it's been a lot of years, so a lot of you wouldn't even know, went to our old building, sitting there, drinking, having a good time, backslidden, and divorced. And somebody else on the comments that went to our church that's backslidden and divorced, pretty much in him in his sin. That's sad to me. That's sad. You know how that happens? When you mess around with things. When you compromise your convictions. We've seen people over the years who have a conviction And then they get around somebody else who has a different conviction, and all of a sudden their conviction changes. How many know convictions don't change? God doesn't go, I'm gonna convict you about that for a while, and then later you'll be cool to do it. If He convicts you of it, it's something you don't need to be doing because it's not right for you. We've seen that over the years. Church, you gotta be serious about your walk with God, you gotta hate this world and love God with all your heart, all your mind all your soul, and all your strength. And he says, be holy, for I am holy. And you know what he says in another scripture? Without holiness, no one will see God. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I know that you've spoken to some hearts. I know that you've ministered to some people. I know that there's condemnation dropping off of people's lives right now. People who've been feeling condemned and feeling dirty and feeling unworthy and feeling broken because they've been listening to the devil. They've been listening to his demons. They've been listening to people instead of listening to you. You said, God, we're co heirs. You said, God, our sins are as far as the east is from the west. You said, God, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. You said that. So, God, I make the choice this morning, and I pray everyone here would make the same choice. I'm not going to listen to what the world says. I'm not going to listen to what my friends say. I'm not going to listen to what my family says. I'm going to listen to what Jesus says. And he says, you're my co-heir. That's who you used to be, but you're not that person anymore. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place and watching online and listening on the podcast, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you allowed him to show you how merciful he is and how graceful he is and how loving he is? Today, if you died and breathed your last breath, as John said at the prayer, because life is like a vapor, if that was you, where would you stand? What would you say to a holy God? Would you try to pull out the, I'm a good person card? Would you try to say, I think I've done more right than wrong? You wouldn't have, maybe have anything to say. But what would you say to a holy God who demands holiness? Listen closely. This is what this whole message means. What would you say to a holy God who demands holiness? Can you say, well, I, here's my holiness? No, because it will be filthy rags. What will you say? I'm justified by Jesus Christ. I'm holy because he's holy. I claim Jesus as my door this morning. I claim Jesus as my door. As my entrance into heaven. And God will say, That's what I'm looking for. That's the only thing I'll accept. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. If you're here this morning and you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, remember me this morning? I see your hand. How many more? All over. I'm not saved. I'm not saved. We're going to pray for you in just a minute. Those that are watching online, I'm not saved this morning. I'm not right with God. I'm, I see your hand. I need to, to make a statement to the devil and to God. I believe that Jesus paid the price for my sins on the cross. I believe it. I'm not going to let anybody tell me anything different. I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm dirty. I know I'm broken. But Jesus says I'm not. So I'm going to listen to his words. How many more? I see your hand. God bless you. Maybe you're here, and at some point in your life, you're like that person I was talking about. And listen, I'm not afraid to say that because it makes me sad. But they gave their life to the Lord. They were serving God. They were living their life right. But they backslid. And today, I don't know where their heart is, and I don't know where their life is, but they're in danger of going to hell because they've allowed the devil to lie to them. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden and you need to come back to your first love. Just lift your hand up. Amen. 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 Let's stand to our feet this morning. The Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart. We're going to have a moment in just a second to come to the altar or find a place at your seat wherever you want but to talk to God and make a decision today. Lord, I'm I'm going to walk in sanctification, set myself apart. But it's not going to be for somebody else. It's going to be for me and you so you can use me. I want to be a vessel. I want to be a vessel you can use. If you raised your hand this morning and you meant that, you want to put your faith in Jesus Christ, you want to make a public confession of your faith, just find that nearest aisle and just come down here real quick to this altar. I want to pray for you. Just step out and come down. Hands were raised. Lord no one can come unto you unless you draw them So draw them this morning Lord Maybe you're watching online At work Maybe you're listening to this on the podcast We're going to say a prayer before we get offline And we're going to ask Jesus To come into our lives and take over All across this place would you just say this prayer with me Lord Jesus I'm listening to your word And I listen to it and I believe that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. My righteousness is like filthy rags. Because of Adam's sin, disobedience and sin is in my life, and I'm separated from you. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, I have redemption and reconciliation back to you. I believe that. I believe you took my place on that cross and died for my sins and today I ask you to come into my life and become Lord and master for the rest of my life. I surrender to you in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.